0: Verity for Breakfast Catch-Up on Triple M.
1: I've roped you on board.
0: Auntie Phil's two cents
1: or more. It's a bit of a hump day treat to Auntie Phil. Unfortunately, not a treat. The discussions being had around these cuts happening to our community resource centres.
0: Oh, look, I'm really sad because I know the benefits to... Isolated communities to have an active community resource centre. They're vital. They provide all sorts of things. Banking, assistance for businesses and associations, you know, sort of clerical, administrative support.
1: They do a lot of events as well. They host then, a lot of events, think, yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, Ladies' days, Melbourne Cups, especially in smaller
0: communities where there's just not, you know, the large groups to run that sort of thing. Seminars. Training, I did a lot of training in the community that I used to live in. Um, they used to organise a lot of adult education and I did some fantastic courses. Yeah,
1: it's devastating for a lot of people. We've got 105 CRCs in our state. I think at least 30 plus within the Central Wheat Belt in Avon Valley. So the, I guess the scary thing with these cuts is the fact that they're cutting so much, $5 million worth, that they're thinking... For some of these CRCs, it's just not going to be enough to even sustain the running of it.
0: You know, every business costs these days. So, you know, they can't run on the smell of an oily rag. They've got to employ, you know, professional people. And sometimes they also have traineeships, um, which I know in the CRC, you know, that I used to participate in, we had a lot of people went through... Uh, Doing their traineeships, so you need people, professional people that you know can help supervise them and get those people along their career paths. And yes, it really is. It's it's devastating for
1: regional areas we've got um, Alana McTiernan actually coming out to our region today this evening at the Northern Country Club talking about economic development. Funnily enough mm-hmm. I wasn't able to get in touch with her yesterday to have a chat. Um, I know that she'll probably be asked a couple of questions about it tonight and, and our Rural Focus program's doing a bit of a special as well. Jared's talking to a bunch of people mm-hmm. uh, in regards to it all but do, do you think it's too late or there's still an opportunity for the government to turn around and, and find those funds somewhere else or is oh, it lost well, cause?
0: I'm hoping so because because I know, you know, they've been saying that we've we've spent too much money and we have to make cuts somewhere. But you know, it's it's got to be fair and it's got to be across the board and it can't all be directed at regional areas. You know, we've had a, a kick with our uh, closure of our residential colleges and our camp schools. We can't be expected to bear the brunt of all you know funding cuts and small towns in our state are suffering, as I think you and I have discussed, Verity, you know with Multiple closure times. of shops and things yeah. and, and we need things like CRCs to support, you know, our businesses and,
1: and our community organisations that keep our communities vibrant. Aunty Phil, thank you so much for your two cents and more this morning on it and uh, I know there'll be a lot of discussion being had today and over the next cu- couple of days and even weeks mm. as well.
0: Save the CRCs!
1: along with everything else. Verity for breakfast. For breakfast. And Yonga Hill Immigration Detention Centre, which is in our region, actually in Northam on Mitchell Avenue there. Interesting stat. It's been recorded that it's actually got the highest number of escape attempts of all immigration detention facilities in the country. This is according to recent statistics that have been unveiled from the Australian Border Force... Over the last five years, Yonga Hill has recorded seventeen escape attempts. That's followed by uh, another centre in Victoria that has thirteen attempts, and another one in New South Wales coming in third place with nine. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, we seem to be at number one. Yonga Hill currently being redeveloped with upgrades to two compounds within the facility. It's a huge establishment. There lots of work to be done, though. They're hoping to provide one hundred and twenty higher security beds associated. Uh, support buildings and infrastructure and and various physical security measures as well. The Department of Immigration and Border Protection said that these new measures are necessary. Yeah, obviously, with all these escapes happening uh, because of the profile of the detainees there and also predominantly medium to high risk criminals. Verity for breakfast. (laughs) And guilty as charged. I tend to leave my phone on silent a lot because I get you know, oh, I like to pretend that I'm busy with work. No, I am busy with work a lot of the time. And also whilst on air, can't really have it on unless <laughs> I want to be interrupted. So, yes, admittedly, my phone is on silent a lot of the time. But have I think I might have let it go- get to a stage where it might be impacting slightly on, uh, <laughs> on relationships around me. Uh, for example, my voicemail box got to... Once before, it's gotten to about forty-two. The other day, it got up to about twenty. I think the more it stacks up, the less I want to go through and listen to it. I know, inc- incredibly irresponsible and uh, downright shocking. But there you go, just laying it all out there this morning. And <laughs> was checking through some of these voicemails, and uh, a friend of mine has just <laughs> couldn't help but chuckle.
0: Chief, April twenty-second at nine oh four p.m. Hi, my name's am silent phone foundation always on the phone silent
1: because that's what take off silent please come on <laughs> very PG <laughs> as opposed to yelling down the phone at me get your phone off silent Verity I can't be the only one though I want to know if anyone's beaten my record have you ever gotten over 42 voicemails stacked up I'd love to hear from you. It's 13, 27, ten here in the studio. I promise not to have it on silent. I will answer. Otherwise, you can post or message to our Central Wheatbelt and Avon Valley Facebook pages. Verity for breakfast. A breakfast. Triple M. Triple M. Triple M.
0: Feeling back to You do now confirm. I'm pleased to tell you today.
1: Back
0: the planning of the... Nice. Oh, Under the lino.
1: Back to the Meriden Library yesterday to use the microfilm to get myself access to a 1977 edition of The New Mercury, which used to circulate to Bruce Rock, Aaron Bean, Southern Cross, Nangaran, Calabaran, Mucka, Muck and Boudin. And if you were to open up the paper on this date back in 1977, you would have read uh, in a little section called Let's Face It. Interesting to see the Australian flag upside down outside the Meriden Post Office last week. According to law, spelt L-O-R-E, I know, I'll have to look into that a little bit more, but uh, according to law, this is supposed to signify that the Australian Post is in trouble. Oh dear! A bit of controversy back in 1977. Also on this date, the 2nd of May, back in 1829, the city of Fremantle was founded as Captain Fremantle hoisted the Union Jack. The first copy of the King James Bible was printed back in 1611 on this date, and in 1933, the Loch Ness Monster apparently was formally introduced to the world, supposed to informally, in the music world, 1981 Scottish singer Sheena Easton. She started a two-week run at number one on the US singles chart with this one right here. Along to that one, Morning Train 9 to 5. Title of the song was changed to avoid any confusion with the Dolly Parton hit 9 to 5 in that same year, 1981. There you go. That's your Under the Lino for this Wednesday. Verity for for Breakfast.
0: Triple M. Triple M.